Welcome to Below the Line. Um, it's a podcast where we talk about filmmakers who don't get enough spotlight due to the nature of their careers. So forget directors, forget actors, forget writers. Here we'll talk about some of the, the unheard of legends that have created some of your favorite movies. So composers, cinematographers, production designers, editors. And today we'll be talking about graphic designer, uh, t- uh, opening title, credit designer, uh, movie poster designer, Saul Bass. But first, I would like to introduce our our guest, yeah. Adina. <laughs> Hello, I'm Adina. Hi, Adina. Um, <laughs> what what has everyone been watching this week? Oh, should I should I start? So yes. Um, Adina. <laughs> I so. So I had a night with my brother and my dad, and we watched, first we watched Goldfinger, and then mm. the second movie we watched was Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. So that was a fun double feature, I feel like. Um, I, I, I don't understand Goldfinger. <laughs> um, how are those two movies related again? Would you... Oh, I, I don't... I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Goldfinger was inspired by Austin Powers. Like they wanted right. to do a gritty reboot. I don't understand <laughs> what you don't get about darker. It's just, darker. It's just the woman is gold. That's the point of the movie. I was expecting the fingers to be gold, to be honest. Why? Wait, I don't, why? Oh, I guess, I, yeah, I guess because the title. We're talking about titles. Okay. <laughs> titles are important. Here's what's the best that's, that's, movie. That's for? a good. That's a movie where the 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 uh, credit sequence. If we're if we're transitioning into talking about that, very very cool. One of are the you best. Not, are you not interested in what Nolan and I and Ben K oh, have sorry. watched? Yeah, continue. What have you guys watched? <laughs> hmm, hmm. I guess no, nothing. Nothing. I have never seen a movie. I've never seen a movie actually. No. Just my favorite is in Midsummer in the scene where they're talking about the kids <laughs> of the cult watching Austin Powers like off to the what? side. You don't remember Wait, that? What are you talking in, about? In, in Midsummer, in the Ari Aster film with Florence yeah. Pugh, Midsummer, <laughs> yeah. the scene. You mean a- oh, you mean Midsummer? Oh, Midsommar. yes, yes, we. There's a scene where one of the like cult like leader women of the Harga tells like Danny Florence Pugh like, "Oh, the children are watching Austin Powers." It's a small moment. It's one I, line. I, I, I swear to God, I feel like you're lying to me. No, I'm right not now. lying. Look it like, up. Oh, are you watching some like mega mega no, no, like, director's like, cut here? Like, what are you? <laughs> it's the funniest moment in that movie. And that movie's pretty funny, but that's like the moment <laughs> I lost it in the theater at like midnight. Great comedy. Watching Austin Powers. This is like 20 minutes after the people jump off the rock to their deaths. This is like they're watching Austin Powers right now. They have a TV there? They do not have a TV. They don't have a TV. They don't explain where they have a TV. They just say they're watching Austin Powers. Whether that's projected have, on top of a higher. They have it. They no. have. They have it on like celluloid. Like it's. They have it on their projector. They're watching it. it. Yeah, they're watching it through the strips. <laughs> they don't even have a projector. But maybe there's just a guy there named Austin Powers. And they're just looking mm. at him. Watching him. They're watching him from mm-hmm. afar. Maybe yeah. he's mm-hmm. part of the. No, but in the subtitles, because it was Swedish, but in the subtitles, it was Austin Powers in italics, which would denote that it's a piece of fiction that they were watching. <laughs> no, and I, 
I genuinely feel like I feel like I can normally tell when you're lying or doing I, a gag, a but this is like <laughs> I've seen this movie like three times in theaters and like a couple times since it came out. You can Google it right now as we're recording. Wow. I, I'm gonna Google how many times has Nolan seen Midsummer. <laughs> anyway, um, Seb, what have you been watching? I just watched The Prom. By Ryan Murphy. Uh oh. Uh oh. My only. So, best movie of 2020 or best movie of the 21st century? Which one? Maybe best movie, period. Um, mm. <laughs> does, it, does it justify having another movie with a prom? Like, I think they've. I think we've had enough at this point. Like, what I, else could you do with a prom? Honestly, all the the entire movie, I I, I missed Carrie. That that was that was the problem I wanted to be in. Right. But yeah, no. And to top it off, it's actually called the prom. Yeah. <laughs> it's so so. It's bad. Say it's bad. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. You can Get say bad, it. Seb. Get assertive. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear to God, the lead in that movie has a serious Meryl? perpetual smiling. No, the other lead. She never stops. Uh, Nicole Kidman? The robot. No, the one that no one, <laughs> like the, the unknown actor, actress. She never stops smiling. Meryl Streep? Never. Keegan, oh, Keegan Michael Key. Oh, Keegan Michael oh. Key. Yeah, there it is. I was confusing my experience watching Meryl Streep act. I couldn't stop smiling. I worded that. Mm. So. <laughs> Meryl Streep, she's in that new Soderbergh movie. I'm excited for that. I want to see I, that. I, I watched it. it. Let them all, let them all talk. Watch it was, one. it's kind of, it's kind of amazing. Like nothing really happens in it, but huh. if you want, if you want your delicious, your delicious meal of just male street shit, this is for you. It's just her like, just being like a crabby old lady, and I absolutely love it. And it it delivers. You know, like I was when I was, you know, I was in a mood where I was like, I'm kind of dying for this movie specifically, yeah, yeah. and it just hit the spot so so well. Like nothing happens, and it's really really great. Is there on a boat? Is it like a meaty roll? Like she does a lot, does she don't? No. Is it weird that it's not on Oscar conversation if it's Meryl Streep and a, a lead? Or is it? No, it's like barely like a top 15 Meryl performance. Like she's just, she's kind of good in everything, but it's nothing like standout. She's just normal. Oh, okay. you know? And the movie itself is very mediocre, but I loved it. I loved it. It just wasn't, there was nothing, it wasn't special. You just mentioned hitting the spot. Normally my intake is probably like three, four movies a week. This last week, it was just this one movie three or four times. It was Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Three or four times. Blade Runner 2049 and Blade Runner. Okay, I'm done with people saying they're not comparable. They are comparable and Blade Runner 2049 is better. I agree completely. Absolutely. Seb, listen to Seb, me. Seb, Seb, you need to rewatch it. That's, That's all I have to say. I mean, I, I do need to rewatch it. I can't, <laughs> I can't but I, I, I refuse. 
I feel like they they even though Blade Runner has better pacing, for some reason it just seems like a colder, like more standoffish movie to me. Blade Runner twenty forty nine seems like it's this huge movie of sci fi jargon, and it's really uninviting at first, and then you're in the world. And then you're in the world and like Robin Wright as this weird cop. It's like an odd casting, but it just works. And I Oh, love- I think it works really well. She's think- channeling mega house of cards shit like in this. I think we should move on to Saul and Elaine because we don't have a lot of time today. Deb just said, I think we should move on because you guys are boring as hell. <laughs> I'm just, I'm oh. just. Oh, okay. Make sure this constitutes of most or time. Okay. Yes, I agree. Then um, I was. I did get a little offended with the Blade Runner talk. I will admit that. <laughs> oh, get assertive. This is this is Seb's, this is Seb's rage quit. This is his Joker origin story episode. <laughs> We're gonna get him oh. every time. Oh. You guys, I I know that I don't know what what position you would do an episode about Joker, but you must have me on. You must have me on to oh, talk. Oh, abs- absolutely. Where is this? I mean, if you can talk, you know, I don't know. What did what did Joker win an Oscar for? The sound the soundtrack. Uh, bring me on for that. I hate the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Yeah. So by the the soundtrack by the Icelandic composer. We won't try to pronounce her name right now, but um. Well. That'll be a that'll be a whole episode dedicated to pronouncing. Like her a, name. Are, are you gonna have like below the line, but like reversed, where we like shit on people below the line? <laughs> We're like we just like stick them more below the line until get, there's not even a line lower. anymore. Get more below. The dirt. Wait, Adina, I thought you were gonna lower. say are we gonna have a thing where we shit on people above the line, which I completely oh, agree. Like we, I think we, we need that. that. You know that's funny because today I was I was bored and I I did a. <laughs> I, I was you like, watch Joker? No, 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 no. I, didn't, like, I, was, I was wondering how many directors could I name just like on the top of my head and to see where I could get. And I couldn't remember Todd Phillips's name. Like I had it all, like all the time as I was doing this list. I was like the Joker guy, the Joker guy, the Joker guy. But I was kind of proud of my brain because I also forgot Mel Gibson and Clint Eastwood on up until the end. Those were like the ones that I was missing. So I think my brain is like subconsciously doing something right. But but other than yeah. those, you That's thought a of every game. director. But what? Other than, every director ever? Yeah, but other than those, you thought of every director. Of course. Yeah, I know them all. I know them all except those. That's okay. a good game. If you had to if you had to think of the first director you think of, who is it? Like who's the very first director you think of? Oh, Hayao Miyazaki was the first one. But uh yeah. Damn. I need to think of uh Honestly, this I keep saying this, but Joel Schumacher really on my mind today. <laughs> <laughs> I, think the first, I think the first filmmaker I think of is Godard because the word director, I think of his face. Because I just think of his little like shades on. He's got the film strip. And he's made so many movies about like directly or indirectly about directing. That's I think the you, word director. I think the word filmmaker. I'd be like I don't know Chloe Zhao. I like director <laughs> is Godard. That's, that's Nolan. You do realize how much of a fucking like like film motherfucker you yeah. sound like. You said Godard. You said no, uh, Listen, hey, I have there's there's little Joel Schumacher has the most films on the IMDb top two fifty. That's <laughs> he wasn't. I don't know who that is. He's not in my list today. Joel Schumacher falling down. The director of The Josh Lost Schumacher. Boys? 
director of Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. The man who made Batman profitable. I, I have to say, yes. when, when you brought up Todd Phillips, my mind immediately went to that roundtable video of him. Because, like, that's... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The Hollywood Reporter roundtables. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I always think about that, too, and I yeah. was trying to picture it when I was trying to remember. Yeah. The and so I started thinking about, like, Greta Gerwig and Lulu Wang and, and Scorsese and all of them hanging out together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was the... comes in the room, he's like, hey, guys. He's like, he well, he's looking at, he looks at Scorsese the whole time. He's like, he's like. No, it's like, he, it's like they were doing the roundtable shoot and then he just like took a shit in the bathroom and then walked in on set. <laughs> and they can all smell it. He's like, hey guys, I'm just popping in here for a second. Give my thoughts. Like, that's, what he, that's what he's like. I don't and remember just, exactly. We all like are obsessed with Joker and how polarizing it is. Is there anyone on this? I think we all Dislike. don't like Joker. At, at, at different, yeah. different like intensities. Yes, I, I have to I say I'm annoyed by it, but I did like it when I first saw it because I was I didn't expect it to be like that, so I was impressed and I was like, wow, that was actually really good. As time went by, I started liking it less and less, and that's is still going on. <laughs> that Lots is effect. <laughs> I, would, I would rather it be like more. I would rather it be worse because of. Wait, I would rather it be worse, like, made worse, so that it doesn't disguise itself as, like, a good thing. Because I think that, like, seduces people. And they're like, oh, it's, it's the cinematography, wow. It's like, it's like the prom having budget and Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman. So it disguises itself as if it's not a Disney Channel movie. You know, it's, it tries to make itself serious. Have not seen that. Have not seen the prom. Every movie's like, it's like the prom, but blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay, two, two things. I have a story. I have a story about Joker. I just, when I saw it, I saw it like, and it's like opening night, like Thursday night show um, with my friend after school. And I was like, and the, the credits, I hated it. You know, I was just like, oh, yuck. Like, this is horrible. And then the credits started, right? And as I was like about to like lean to my friend, like that that fucking sucked, right? I'm not kidding here. Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix walked to like the front of the theater, right. and we're like, "Hey guys, we're just like popping into all the theaters that are like the first." That's uh, what Todd Phillips does, bro. He just everywhere he goes, he's just popping in. What exactly? Is it? He's like, we're show, and I was so, I was so shocked that like Joaquin Phoenix was like, cause I thought he was, I mean, I still think he's like a piece of shit, but I was like, wow, he's nice enough to like pull up to this Upper West Side movie theater and like say hi to people. Wow, that's, they, that's they so nice of him. brought him in in character, like he was gonna shoot up the theater or something. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and that was, wow. And so that like, I hate this, but that made me like the movie more. Cause I was like, wow, he's nice enough to show up. Maybe this movie wasn't that bad. But, Adina, I feel the exact same way because I saw this movie, even though I hate it, I hate it so much. I saw this movie four times in the theaters with different friends. And I am obsessed with, like, everything about, like, everything about it is just so... I'm so obsessed with, like, him going to work at this clown, this clown (laughs) agency. The opening shot of him just 
at the clown? Is it an apartment? I'm so obsessed with when he's all out on the street with a sign and kids come and like beat him up and like kick him in the street. And then when he has a little yeah. card that's like, I have a, I have a condition where I laugh. I laugh. You'll <laughs> need that card now. <laughs> oh my and god. Then, oh, it is. Scene, the scene that I love when watching the video of Todd Phillips describing how he was like, you know, we were going to shoot this scene where he hides the gun, but it didn't feel right. So we just put on the music and had Joaquin just just go for it and dance. And then we just put that in the movie. <laughs> and he's so proud of, like, the improvisation of that. He is, he is not Steven Soderbergh. He can't improvise like that. I mean, he made a meme, so... He, he has to be proud of something. It has the same value as the movie itself, but some, some might argue. We'll live after him, so that's impressive at least. Do you want to move on to Saul Bass talk? Yeah, I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. That was great. We'll, we'll dedicate more time to Joker on another episode, and I promise you'll be there. What did you say, Seb? Really, it's Nolan's fault. Just you so- have to find the one crew member, no matter how, like, you know, inconsequential they were, that was on the sets for both Mank and Joker, and that's how we can bridge them. Crossover. Yes, we should. should I, I'll, I'll, I think I'll that's doable. It. I'll watch it for that episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> very kind of you, Adina. That's <laughs> so awesome. nice of you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Saul Bass. Um, the movie that changed my life was Psycho, and the reason why was the opening <laughs> scene and how jolting it was and how riveting it was and how in your face it was. And that really, really kind of encapsulates the entire career of Saul and Elaine Bass, which is, it's fair to say that they wouldn't become the, you know, the icons of title design and film if they hadn't been so audacious and kind of out there and exaggerated. But I think the main focus nowadays, looking back is, is their style because they really had such a consistent, yeah. Although it was different from everybody else, it was consistent within their operation, which was what was the most impressive, I think. Yeah, and uh, I guess I guess the reason why, I mean, I think that I love the art of, like, titles, and I think it's always just exciting to me when it's, you know, they do something interesting for it, and it really sets the mood for the rest of the movie, um, instead of just kind of, like, you know having the the credits appear doing something um you know engaging and that's it really like leads you into the movie Saul Bass and Elaine Bass are opening title credit designers from the 50s right and they were worked all throughout pretty much the 90s until Saul Bass died and they also were they also were po- movie poster designers, right, as, as well, and kind of revolutionized the, basically, like, the art of selling a movie, both on, the, both on the poster and just, like, selling a movie in its opening credits and kind of, by selling a movie, encapsulating everything that movie is going to do for you, even before you watch it. Mm-hmm. And... Before them, before they started, before they started, you know, making these opening title credits and all that, it was kind. Of, it was just kind of like a very set in stone thing of how to do opening credits and and 
posters, it was very like, well, for the opening credits, it would just be like very largely like the same very big font, you know, just same, it's usually like the same amount of seconds that the title would appear on, the, that these like words would appear on the screen, you know, and in the exact same order and, you know, really nothing else to it, you know, and the background even wasn't even different. It would just be like a black or, or like gray smoky background to the ti opening titles. But just like the fact that they, and with Salbass, he, what was the, what was the movie that he did? That was like the first one that he, that he really, it, that he like did, that he did his, that he did his like opening credit thing with. Either would have been probably Man with a Golden Gun or Anatomy of a Murder. They're in like the mid I believe it was Man with a Golden Gun. Yeah. He, it was, I mean, yeah. right, Golden Arm. Arm. Yes, Man with a Golden Arm. It. Well, I was thinking about James Bond because of Goldfinger. Yeah. Bond. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Man with the Golden Arm, it was like, it, it like looking at it now, it doesn't even seem that crazy. But back then, the just like the words were moving across the screen in such a way. And, you know, with the words, there were all these like other funky, like just like s colorful squares moving across the screen. And again, I'm making it seem so like basic and simple, <laughs> but that was like unheard of that the fact that like somebody would put an ounce of artistic thought into the into the into the opening credits well and the the difference there was he changed Saul and Elaine Bass together they changed conventional film going habits because the reason why you had no artistry in the title credits is because people were still coming in getting their popcorn doing whatever and their methodology of their work and their art forced people to be in the seats when the movie started um, so you didn't have that period anymore where it was just introducing the names and then the, and then the show, the, the show started with the names and the titles. And that's really how their effect. Now, when you see movies and people try not to spend too much time in the lobby before it starts, a lot of that can go back to, uh, their title design. Yeah. And they have an impressive, damn impressive career because it's like such a volatile thing just like title designs and because they were the first ones to do it they've like worked with like so many people they have like <laughs> uh, like a gold it's the perfect below the line filmography <laughs> for like our things it's they worked with hitchcock with films like vertigo north by northwest psycho like nolan mentioned they worked with martin scorsese afterwards that i think kind of like helped like convince them to go back and to do it so they did goodfellas casino um others but also like films like oceans 11 they did they did um, the old one not not soderbergh oceans 11 soderbergh. they did let them all talk a couple weeks ago actually that's their most <laughs> from the grave um, they did prom different from the prom um no but really they they did um wait no there's more people. legacy well, they, actually, they actually worked on Suicide Squad. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, but they, you can basically argue that any title sequence at the beginning of a movie that you see today that tries to set like the tone through like artistic animation or just whatever it's doing is like, it comes from their ideas they brought to Hollywood in film. Yes. 
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, they're great. And it, it, they influenced some of the best titles. The only thing, the only bad thing about them, I'd say, is that they don't... Yep, it's aggressive in this episode. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad, bad thing. It's just they didn't do the best title sequence in the history of film, which is... Monster Sync. We all know that. Okay. But they inspired Monsters Inc. Yeah, I, I was about to bring up Monsters Inc. actually because I, I know people talk about Catch Me If You Can, that title sequence was just directly inspired, um, which is I great. But I was like, I don't, I mean, Monsters Inc. is like directly that style. Yeah. Yes. Right. It, it feels like they did it. Yeah, maybe, it does. Maybe we're just incredited. <laughs> Honestly. It, it does, a lot of their stuff does seem. I mean, it's animated, um, a lot of it, and it does seem like kind of bringing animation into movies that, you know, don't necessarily have that. I mean, they're not animated, and they don't have that, like, kind of whimsy to it, but it's still bringing animation to it in, like, where animation usually doesn't go. Right. It's like there's this three-hour courtroom drama with Jim and then Anatomy of a Murder. I just had, like, these nice choppy images, (laughs) like, at the start. (laughs) Um, And the thing is, like, even though they have their style, they're, like, chameleons. And every film, like, they they know how to embody each film in, like, just two, three minutes perfectly. Like, set you up for it. Warm you up. Um, I was, I, I was, I was, like, doing some research about them. And I wasn't sure if this is what they were saying, but you know how, like, movies... I'm saying movies now, but I'm sure they've been they've been like this for like many decades. They'll have like an opening credit sequence that plays out in the movie. You know, like there's stuff going on in the movie while while like while there's an opening credit sequence, and it could be and the and what's going on in the movie it could be like not not like animated animated, but just it's like very like quippy and like fits fits the style of like an like an opening credit sequence but there's still stuff going on that's concerning the story. I wonder that that's kind of also related to what you were saying, Nolan, about like getting people in the seats beforehand to like almost want to see the credits, you know? And by changing the whole thing with the credits and making it just as much a part of the movie rather than before where it was just like, all right, we just see the names and it's, you can be, sure absolutely sure that you're not going to miss any part of the movie if you miss the first minute where you just see the names now because of them it's like even the credits are now part of the movie because they have a whole scene playing along with it and i wonder if they did did they do something like that were they one of the first people who had who did like a scene play out during during the opening credits. I was just I was just wondering if you guys knew anything about that. I don't know if they're the first, but I think Goodfellas and Casino have that. Like they both start you both and then I don't know, something like that. And Goodfellas <laughs> is a great example because you're missing a lot of plot actually if you miss the first minute of Goodfellas. Because it's it has that flash forward technique of the opening scene. Right. Mm. I've only seen Goodfellas. I mean, I've only seen the title sequences. I haven't seen Goodfellas as a movie. Oh, wow. What, really? Yeah, it's like, wow. I like to brag about not seeing, because it's stupid <laughs> I am. This is like <laughs> my big, the big film I'm like 
missing that's like um it's insulting it's insulting that i haven't watched it do, do, do you guys ever want to just like not watch things like just so that you can say that you haven't watched it to people yeah, <laughs> that movie, like evangelion Neon. oh the evangelion, the evangelion anime <laughs> i don't know it's just a movie i haven't seen and now that i'm 19 and i'm gonna die in like you know however long the average american life expectancy is I just don't think I'll have time to get around to it. So it'll just always be one of those movies that I'll never see. Nolan, it's more than a movie. It's like a, it's like a whole season of an anime. Like, it's, not, it's not like it, it's a it, Nolan. It's a whole existential crisis. So you should you should watch it. Oh, true. <laughs> I haven't watched Titanic. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. that's a that's a nice one. That's a nice one to brag. That's, that's a bit. That's a big one. People people always. That's a big one. People say to me, they're like, Yeah. Like, hey, what do you think? I haven't seen you. Titanic. I think you're an idiot. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> it always feels nice to say you haven't watched it, but it's it never is. You look like an idiot. Exactly. You just, who, who, you're just hurting yourself, babe. Wait, let's go. <laughs> you're closing yourself off from three life-changing hours. So I don't know. Four. Each, five, each one, each one more life-changing than the next. Exactly. You know what I'd rather watch? I'd rather watch the... 10-hour simulation, animated simulation on YouTube of the Titanic crashing that, like, PBS made or whatever. <laughs> That's and, great. And watch Titanic, the movie. Ouch. I'd rather... That... Damn, I thought you were thought you were into Titanic, Nolan. No, yeah, but that, but that animated simulation is amazing. Like, that's my favorite YouTube video of all time. <laughs> this video is so good, it's better than Titanic, yeah. is what you're saying. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, I have this random question... Nolan, do you like, I mean, it, it can be related to our conversation because it does have a title sequence that's, <laughs> I guess it's, it's a descendant of, yeah. of Soul yeah, Pass. Yeah. But what do you think about Fight Club? Do you like Fight Club? Oh my God, we're going to talk about Fight Club. Oh. Yeah, this is a three hour episode. You really, tra- this is a David Fincher lover. Uh, what do you think about Fight Club? Is it a masterpiece or is it the dumbest thing? I don't like Fight Club. You like, you it? like it? I don't like. You it. like it? Oh, you, you, don't. you don't like it. Uh, but I don't hate Fight Club. Fight Club doesn't make me angry like Seb has been all episode. Like I'm <laughs> <not gonna laughs> Fight Club. It's there's just, a lot of there's a lot of negative energy in this Zoom in the in the upper. Fight <laughs> like, Club for me is the same level as as Fincher movies like The Game or Panic Room. They're just like fun. Wait, wait, got, wait though. Is it okay? I know I'm bringing back Joker, but but Fight Club. <laughs> But guys, it's the upon review. It's the only movie like we're all obsessed with it. Fight Club Secretly is what not. Joker. Fight Club is what the media wanted Joker to be because it's people true. Actually, because people actually started Fight Clubs based on Fight Club and on the movie, and they wanted people to start becoming like anarchists because of Joker, or they thought that that was going to happen. Um. I don't know if anarchist is the right word because he doesn't really have political ideology, but, um... And didn't you become one, Adina? <laughs> well, that's not... We're not talking about that here. I don't want to be put well, on a list. Maybe it worked. Maybe all this time it you did, movie, but it worked. It beat you. Um... I, I mean, I can't say I don't like the beginning of Fight Club. Like, the opening. I mean, it's so dramatic, but... <laughs> Yeah, oh my so god. Extra. It's so extra. It is. Well, thank you for it. 
Yeah, thank you, Elaine Bass. Great opening yeah. title sequence in Fight Club. That's all. That's probably the only compliment I'll give it for today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, back to Saul Bass. <laughs> yes. Not. We haven't even discussed his work on movie posters mm-hmm. because same thing with the credits. Whereas used to be really, really simple and just kind of like. It was planned out for every movie. The posters used to be a lot more just kind of like snippets of scenes from the movie. Like it would just be like, just like paintings of like scenes from the movie that would just kind of be plastered all through. Yeah, like a battle scene just plastered all throughout the poster. Trying to like, I get this is, this is kind of, dumb to say but like it was like showing all these different parts of the movie to like basically get different kinds of audiences to come into the movie rather than uniting the audience as a whole and like making something that would just one thing that would grab everybody in it was like here's the romance scene this will this will like get the romance people who love romance movies and here's the battle scene people who love action but I mean, I think that I think the thing about the simplicity is that it's not it's not trying to get you to watch the movie based on you knowing you seeing what the actual movie is, but more enticing you with like this kind of um, extremely simple design that just like embodies um, the the movie. Right. Right. Yeah. In, in, in artistic in artistic way. Right. Yeah. And- that kind of abstract embodiment. Yeah. You saw, you really saw it, especially with Pedro Almodovar's earliest films. I mean, mm-hmm. the posters on those in the late 80s, early 90s are kind of the most, not, you know, Saul Bassian, Elaine Bassian in the way that we think of yeah. man, uh, or something like that. But the, that level of abstract, simple geometric designs to really try to emulate an expression of what the movie could be before you watch it. Yes, and Pedro Almodovar on top of that, his title sequences are always so Saul Bassian. Like, they're always, like, the crazy... Like, you know, like... <laughs> um, um, Seb, Seb acts out an entire Pedro Motivar opening title credits. Can <laughs> I live in? Let's do it right now. I was watching my Naked Lunch, the Cronenberg oh. film commentary, and the title sequences started, and he was like, this is inspired by Saul and I think he only said Saul Bass like because he's the father of credits and whatever and it was like oh my god what that's cool yeah. he's he's goes to show you he's kind of everywhere like, Saul Bass was kind of like the he, in in addition to like doing kind of changing the game for opening credit opening title sequences he kind of changed the game for posters by you know just doing that like simple art design that'll really that'll really grab you. I think like one of his most famous posters is The Shining, which like I mean it just kinda it it's like the it's very like I don't even know how to describe it. It's the poster Hello? where Jack Torrance's face is like really pixelated mm-hmm. in in the letters of The Shining. And in the rest of it's just like a it's just like a it's like a yellow poster. I mean, that compared to like something made like a few decades before, like if this movie came out a few decades before, it would just be like a compilation of scenes from the scary scenes from the movie. But this shining poster 
is somehow like somehow just matches the vibes of the movie to prepare the audience but it's also like adds this it makes you really curious what this movie is about because it's also like enigmatic and don't really know what it could be and it makes you want to see the movie which is the point of the poster isn't it like you see the poster and say i want to see have you guys seen the rejected designs for the shining oh no I think it's really interesting They're now. They're really cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. We talk about salt, bass, Elaine, bass, and, and geometry. And there's so many geometric things about The Shining from the maze <laughs> to the floor pattern of the hotel. And yet Kubrick is basically telling him, here we are on Below the Line, back at Kubrick. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I'm so sorry to the listeners. Yeah, like, I'm really, but, really but sorry. <laughs> I think the reason why, like, we, like we've been talking about, is those are plot details, technically. The maze is, is a plot mm-hmm. detail. And we were really, you know, they were really looking for the impression of the movie, the expression of what could be. And that face on that, you know, bold, bold black on that yellow, as you mentioned, right? I mean, it's just really, it's evocative without giving anything away except that there's a face in the movie. <laughs> that, that's the plot details they give away. It's not in the in the movie's not even that yellow. It's, but it's, it's, no, it's not. It's not exceeding. Oh, you're right. Color. You're right. But also, in a way, to me, it's more about the emotion that you're gonna experience watching the film than anything that happens in the film. It's like that's you. That face is you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's yellow in The Shining is the face of the bear, like the bear man. You know. Mm-hmm. But even that, it's not even like that, like bright yellow that The Shining is. Owned, uh, yeah. The the thing about like it's they kind of Salbass kind of resembles what movie advertising should be like, and that it should just kind of like give you a little taste. Like it, it really should not give you a giveaway like any of its scenes, especially its like greatest scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, like which. The movie's greatest scenes might work, technically might work the best to put on a poster or put in a trailer or even put in the opening title sequences. Like just to, you know, just kind of give away the best part to like, you know, that, that'll, really get, that'll really get the audience into it. But you are spoiling the movie by doing that. And then when you see it in the movie, it's just, it's just not as exciting. Right. And because it, it's already been given away to you, but by not show, by choosing to, by not choosing not only just to not show it, but also having, having your, your like philosophy behind your advertising, just kind of like, you know, yeah, keep it really secret, keep it like really, keep it really secret, but also make them curious. Yeah. Make I can wonder what it, what it's about. I, I really I really don't like to have the sentiment like everything was better back in the old days and stuff sucks now. But I have to say in that in that particular topic about keeping stuff hidden before you watch the movie, like I think I think posters and I mean especially trailers now um, are pretty bad about <laughs> showing you the entire plot of the movie in the trailer. Yeah. No, they, you're, they, they, they did the trailer now for six cents. The first thing they'd say in the trailer is Bruce Willis is dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the first thing in the trailer they'd say, and then like the whole movie's like, oh well, we knew he was dead. You know what did a really good job of that? Uh, sorry to bother you. That. <laughs> yes, you're right about that. that. Promotion, the, cam- the promotional campaign for that movie was stunning. 
Why? Yes, you're right. Well, it doesn't. It does. It reveals that it's a like a weird movie, like some like a crazy movie, but it doesn't quite reveal yeah. to you the extent of yeah. its right. like craziness. It's, and then when it gets to a from... <laughs> yeah, and when it gets to a point in the movie where you're like, wow, this is there's many points in the movie where you're like, this is crazier than I thought it was gonna be, <laughs> which is a great feeling because it's so rare that a movie like exceeds your expectations after like looking at promotional material and like watching trailers and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like that it just barely happens and that movie's promotional stuff is very sol when you were talking about the word advertising because it made me think of mad men which is another like title sequence the show with john home <laughs> it's another title sequence that's like based off of the bass work and that shows about advertising right it takes place at an advertising agency I'd never made that connection. And I, I mean, also he did he did corporate designs as well. He did. Yeah, he did like an airline company. <laughs> one of those. Yeah, we'll have to put it when we post on the Instagram for this for this episode. We'll have to put some of his corporate designs too, because those are. He did. He so. did the original war, not the original, but like you know the '70s Warner Brothers logo, the one with that just kind of like like three bubbles. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, be- I believe that's in uh, Joker. I believe that's the. Uh, <laughs> Yes, you're right. It is a Joker. It, it yeah, he did Joker. that. It all it all comes back to it all comes back, all comes back to Sorry, Joker, baby. But we are obsessed with that movie, apparently. Or <laughs> if, if Stanley Kubrick had directed Joker and then Big Eyes, that's like that's the holy trinity there. That, you mean that if Big Eyes directed Joker? If Big Eyes <laughs> if, if Stanley Kubrick had Big Eyes wide shut and directed Joker. <laughs> That would mean everything to us. That means so much to us. I hate the podcast. <laughs> we would never make an episode again because it would just be like, why? What's our purpose now? You know. You know. Exactly. Uh, Adina, I am going through posters because mm-hmm. I was I was going through posters expecting the same thing. I was like, I'm gonna get mad. It's not that bad, I think. Okay. There's like. I think you can still feel like... To be honest, when I think about bad posters, I think about Marvel. That's what I was going to say. Oh, oh. yeah. Like the posters. Let's just put everything in it. Everything (laughs) in it. In one poster. People on top of people on top of people. No. No, thank you. Even like, I don't know, like even Harry Potter, which isn't quite as like chaotic as... um, um, as like Marvel ones, like I think some of the later Harry Potter ones suffer from like, yeah, who the hell did this? Like, I just, like, just, I just mashed like, together. Like, looking at like random movies too, though, like um, like this Weed- Widows poster, Steve McQueen. It's also just like, yeah, it's people faces. And- yeah, I mean, I I, I looked or... up twenty movie posters right now, and if you look at them, they're all just like all the people in the movie, like bunched up Faces. together yeah. yeah yeah yes and sometimes you get something a bit different like jojo rabbit or once upon a time in hollywood that do that but try to make it something else i like that right and again you have others like again like for example i don't know this knives out poster is also just everyone posing for a photo yeah they could have had like knives out could have had a better poster than that for sure totally. I think and I'm- the thing is the thing is like Yo, what's with the faces? Like, I think that's what it kind of comes what down to that. Like, 
Because like, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's like, you know, you need to tell the actors, just put their yeah. name on it, you know? Like, yeah. put their name. We know the name. Why is it like this thing where you have to bunch up, you have to just like scramble all these actor faces into I Then it's like, I don't, I can't, this, there's no like I mean, structure to this poster. I, I think I think it really is a, a corporate thing because psychologically our brains, I mean, have you, I mean, if you've ever seen something like a car and thought it looked like a face, that's our brain constantly looking for human faces. So they probably have done research that said, put a person's face in your movie poster and it's way more attractive. Like we like anything with a face on it more than stuff that doesn't have a face on it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the, that's the thing. At, le- at the end, posters are going to be whatever sells most, not whatever's better artistically or aesthetically, you know? Um, it's a sad... But, <laughs> but the thing is, Saul you- Bass could it kind of prove that you can make like an artistically well-designed poster and like sell a movie very well. Like people were le- probably legitimately intrigued by the Shining poster and went to see it. I would, I don't know if it's just because of that poster, but I think it helped, you know? Yeah. But I, I think legacy also would have to look into it because you're thinking of the, the stories of success, you know? Um, right. And I'm sure there's many stories of not success too, and many st- <laughs> like all over. <laughs> so, right. I, what's a movie? What's a movie that you guys don't like, but you like the poster so much? Like, do you know what I mean? That's a really good question. I need to think Recently, about that. Recently, Marriage Story. <laughs> I just but thought the like poster that. with that color scheme and the three of them, like that. You know, they they criteria didn't even change. The cover or the poster for their for their edition of it. It's wait, it's you don't you don't you don't stuff. like Marriage Story? Like you're you're not into it? No, I like the I like the poster design much more than the movie. Sometimes you get movies that are both great and have a great poster, like one of the greatest like, posters of all time. Paddington Two. Paddington Two. Let's give a shout out to Paddington Two. Yeah, Paddington Two. Yes, sandwich. Can I? But two is what Seb- else do you want? It's Marmalade. Seb, you like this? Seb, you like this? And you know, what I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Silence of the Lambs, which is also very Salbassian. Oh yes. Oh no, no. That's that's yeah. again, again, which, so evocative of the film without revealing anything. Exactly. Like, what is that? Doesn't that face doesn't show up in the movie? Like, I don't even know what that is. That little butterfly is like made of. If you go close, it's made of like the Salvador Dali like naked bodies. <laughs> oh, no. okay. Wait, I love the Crimson Peak poster, but I yeah. don't. Yes. Uh, yes. The movie Crimson could be Peak. better. I love the, the movie, movie so much. No. <laughs> I love the movie. I love Crimson Peak. Just, the legacy of Saul and Elaine Bass, wherein when we talk about title design in movies now, most of it is, oh, that really looks like Saul Bass. <laughs> like there hasn't yeah. really been a descendant of of him or of Elaine Bass that are like, you know, the person now to, that does title design. In, in some ways now it, it's mostly you got someone from visual art over. Mm-hmm. Someone who yeah, doesn't do that's film. so true. Uh, and they do something special commissioned for the film and that's how it gets. But it, but it's, it's never, it's, it's not, now it's, there's imitations of certain styles, but it's not, there's not a person like that who has their own style that they use consistently. Mm. Um, I would just say that um, 
I I think their work is very sexy. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's dripping wet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's true. I, I I agree with that, and I also think like just movies would not be as they would not be like visually inspired, visually interesting and inspired, just like without them honestly not movies as a whole but like just posters and like the vibe of a movie would not be as interesting without them and movie going is almost more fun because of them i have to say it's like it's like fun to like get into that and see the opening credits and really like set you up with the vibe for the movie and yeah. you can thank them for that i i don't or that we need to bring we need to bring opening credits back because because they're not they're not as used anymore mm-hmm. um, because people are afraid we'll click away now that streaming services is like how you watch the movie maybe it doesn't catch your attention if it doesn't start right away and you have to watch four minutes of credits but right. I want more opening opening credits I don't I care. want a movie about opening credits I want ooh facts. Ooh. Credits the whole time, two hours of credits. I'd and, watch. Mm, it's also right one now. of those movies where, like, the title itself comes in like twenty if, minutes into if, the movie. If they if they did um um what into the void, but just the title sequence from that for the entire movie. Right. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you, Adina. Yes. Um, you, Adina. We talking about Joker? Give me a call. I'll be there. Yep. Yep, the Joker tag. Call her on her personal okay. phone number. Yeah. She'll be ready. She'll be ready any minute. Yeah. Yes. Any you second. Fine. All right. Thank you for listening.